Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mrs. G's Storytime. We are reading a new book today, one I'm excited about. I'm not that I'm not excited about the other books. I love all the books I've been reading, but this one I'm especially excited about for, because I portray Corey Ten Boom as an 85-year-old woman. But it, the name of the book is Father Ten Boom by Corey Ten Boom, and it's for permission of Lighthouse Trails Publishing and with the Corey Ten Boom Foundation's permission as well. And we are on Chapter 1. To Walter Gastel, who went home to be with the Lord the week I finished this book. Walter Gastel had been a close friend and advisor. He had seen some of the material in the book and wrote about it. I believe that the Casper Ten Boom story is greatly needed. The whole world needs to be brought back to the love for God, strong family ties, love for each other, and fellowship within the church. The Casper Ten Boom household, of which Casper was the head and priest, was a shining example of all these characteristics. That family started with two individuals becoming a partnership, each doing his or her part and neither abdicating, above all working together with mutual respect, consideration, and love. Now is the time to tell the blessing of such homes as a basis of our civilization and the heart of national strength. The dedication page written by Corey Timboom for the 1978 edition of this book. Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask thy father, and he will show thee. Thy elders, and they will tell thee. Deuteronomy 32.7 Behold, O God, our shield, and look upon the face of thine anointed. For a day in thy court is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. Psalm 84, 8-12 The first chapter, My Last Goodbye The Lord be with you, Father, and with your spirit, child. Those were the last words Father and I exchanged after the many years we had lived so happily together. I was standing in the corridor of a prison, because of his age, Father had been permitted to sit on a chair. A long row of prisoners stood nearby, their faces turned to the dirty yellow wall. In this line were all of Father's children, three daughters, a son, and Peter, one of his grandsons. Peter describes what happened. The long hours crept by slowly as we stood there facing that yellow brick wall. My heart was full of questions. I kept thinking of the Psalms which Grandfather had read the evening before. After our imprisonment, we had been taken to the prison station at Harlem. In the gymnasium there, with thirty other prisoners lying and sitting on the floor around him, Grandfather had taken his Bible and read the 91st Psalm. How peaceful those words had sounded to our anxious souls. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. But now, standing in the corridor of Slavinger Prison, doubt filled my heart. A thousand shall fall at thy side, Grandfather had read, and ten thousand at thy right side, but it shall not come near thee. But tragedy has struck. Where was the host of angels we had prayed for so often? Had God forgotten us? Then I glanced over at Grandfather, sitting in the corner. There was such an expression of peace on his pale face that I could not help marveling. He actually was protected. 
God had built a fence around him. The everlasting arms are around all of us. God is at the controls. At last they took me to my cell. As I walked past Grandfather, I stopped, bent over him, and kissed him goodbye. He looked up at me and said, My boy, are we not a privileged generation? Those were his last words to me. Today, as I remember this event, after more than 30 years, I have a thousand more reasons to say, Yes, Grandfather, we are a privileged generation. No one is allowed to speak. The cadence of the steps of heavily armed soldiers and occasionally roughly shouted command were the only sounds. Far away, I heard a prisoner suddenly pound on the door of his cell with his fists, crying, Let me out! Open this door! The corridor smelled damp, like an insufficiently aired cellar. The Lord be with you, Father. The thought came to my mind. Shall I try to ask him to give me a quick blessing? No, it's not necessary. I have received his blessing through all the years we have been together. I felt a shove on my back. Move on, hurry up, hurry up, said the guard as he jerked me towards my cell. That was the last time I saw Father. At that moment, something in me broke, which took a long time to heal. Designs and Patterns Let me tell you who Father was, what kind of man he was. I am 85 years old now, one year older than Father when he died in prison. I have a good memory, and I've listened to many people talk about my father. Peter, the nephew who was in prison with us, recently discovered an old chest filled with many letters and papers written by my parents and other ancestors. As I read them, they strongly reinforced the knowledge and memories I have of my father. My, what a wealth of information. Those papers made me understand how important all of us are because of our influence on succeeding generations. Did his forefathers influence father to become the type of man he was? In some ways, yes. God had a plan for father's life, and God used these relatives to mold father according to that plan. You have different ancestors. Do not be discouraged and think, I have never been like Casper Tinboom. Casper was Casper and you and you, and that is good. An artist is able to create wonderful paintings or tapestries or statues because of his gifts and his creative discipline. You may not have artistic talent, but you can learn from studying the way the artist uses his gifts, and you can apply his principles to your own special gifts. I want to tell you about some of the designs and patterns in Father's life. This will not make you a Casper Tinboom, but it will help you become the person God has planned that you should be. The same God who made Father a blessing can make you a blessing. Paul prayed that Colossians would see things from God's point of view. I pray that the Lord will make it possible for you to see the Tin Boom family history from God's point of view. The Gift of God's Spirit When I first came to the United States, I was often embarrassed at the flattering way people introduced me. I would respond by telling the story of the woodpecker who tapped with his beak against the trunk of a tree, as woodpeckers do. At the same moment, lightning struck the tree and destroyed it. The woodpecker flew away and said to the other birds, I did not know that there was so much power in my beak. Privileged by God, Casper did the work. How wrong would it be to say, what a good job Casper Ten Boom did. No, it was not the woodpecker, it was not the lightning, it was not Casper. It was the Lord. Did Father have a great faith? I don't know, but I do know he had a faith in a great God. Jesus said that even if our faith is as small as a mustard seed, it can move mountains. It is not the quantity of faith that is important, but the quality. 
Father's faith was strong because the Holy Spirit gave it to him. The Holy Spirit is willing to give such faith to everyone who surrenders to God and prays that he will fill his heart. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him, and he with me. Revelation 3.20 Father was filled with the fruit of the Spirit, and that is why he was an outstanding man. This is true of any man whose life bears the fruit of the Holy Spirit. He will always stand out wherever he is, in the tiny corner of the earth where Father lived out his life, or in the center stage of the world. What wonderful fruit! Fruit makes the world hungry. Salt that makes the world thirsty. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Galatians 5:22 and 23. Father knew he was simply God's handiwork, a happy tool in God's hands. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone the glory. The same God who created and guided Father is willing to be your Heavenly Father. To those who receive Jesus, he gives the right to become children of God. Discoveries in the Old Test Somebody once asked me, do you know anything about your background? Your story interests me. The Ten Booms seem to have had faith in the Bible, love for the Jews, vision for where there was need and willingness to help. I found most of my family background in the many letters from the old chest Peter found. They contain our whole family story, which I would like to share. I am sitting in my easy chair. Peter is sitting cross-legged on the floor with the open chest between us. It is as if we can reach back into the past. Old papers have a certain curious musty smell. As we remove the neat little stacks and finger the yellow sheets, we notice the different styles of handwriting. Some are curly and rounded, Others are straight and angular. Some are scrawled so small that it takes a magnifying glass to decipher them. Yes, different kinds of handwriting have personalities too. Here are some letters written by my father's parents and grandparents. Letters written by me many years ago. There are father's notebooks with memories and illustrations and stories he used in his talks. Here is a a diary which mother kept for 25 years and in which she wrote about her children. Those yellow pages bring back many memories. In some small way, I am living my life over again, that rich life with father and mother, the training ground of my ministry today. There was so much music, fun, love, and faith. One of my father's favorite songs was, I will remember how in days gone by God cared for us and showed us his love. When we dig up the gold of the past, it must be beaten into useful coins for today. Past, present, and future belong together. The most joyful knowledge is that we are citizens of heaven. Our outlook goes beyond this world, and we are training for eternity. Recently, a friend said to me, Do you know what I like about getting older? One discovers something of the plan beyond the happenings of the past. When we look back, we realize that behind many events, which were not important in themselves, there is a design, an order, a continuity. Chapter 2 Gareth Tinboom, 1760 to 1839. I remember particularly one evening when I was a child. We were sitting around the oval table on one of those special occasions when time seemed to stand still in the Bayer. Father had just closed the copper hinges of the Bible after his evening reading. That day we did not run away to play as we usually did after Bible reading at the close of our meals. 
for Father had promised to tell us about his grandfather. I removed the dishes from and put the black and red cloth back on the table. We heard the clip-clop of the horse-drawn streetcars in the Bartorjurstrat and the chimes of the carillon in the Grautkurt nearby resounded over the rooftops with a mighty fortress is our God. A mighty fortress. Yes, that is what God is for us and what he was for our forefathers, said my father, wrapping his hand around his beard as he often did when he was deep in thought. In 1816, when he was 56 years old, my grandfather Garrett's wife gave birth to their first child. It was a boy, and of course they gave him the name William. Why do you say of course, father? William was the name of all the Prince of Oranges who had reigned over Holland for centuries. Our family dearly loved the House of Orange. Your great-grandfather Garrett was quite a good gardener, so you may wonder, children, why his son William chose another trade. Father smiled. God sometimes uses little events to change the direction of one's life. My grandfather Garrett was the chief gardener of a large estate in Helmstad, a few miles from here. The name of that estate was Halstead, Bromstad, Helmstad. Grandfather was proud of his petunias and tulips he produced in his rich landlord's garden. The owner's little girl loved to play in the garden, and one day she pranced and danced right across the petunia beds, destroying the results of Grandfather's hard work in just a few minutes. The little rascal saw how annoyed he was and thought it rather interesting, so she did it again. Several days in a row. Grandpa finally went to the landlord and told him what his naughty little girl had done. The landlord answered, Garrett, the next time that happens, give the girl a good spanking. Go ahead, it will do her good. Grandpa Garrett did, indeed, spank the girl the next time she danced the petunias. It worked, but she held an everlasting grudge against the strict gardener. When the landlord died, the girl was a young woman, the only heir to the estate. One of the first things she did was to fire my grandfather. The Ten Boom family then moved to Harlem. My grandfather started a business there, constructing and renting carriages. It was fun to hear my father tell about his grandfather Garrett and how we enjoyed that evening. It was as if we had taken a little walk with Father right back into the past. Cloud of Witnesses In the old chest, Peter and I found a little notebook in which my father had written more about his grandfather Garrett. May 27, 1927 Today I am starting a work which I have been planning to do for a long time, but for which I have not found time until now. It is my intention to put into writing some of the things I remember about my ancestors and also to tell you something of my own life. I do this in order to glorify my Lord and Savior. This is the most important thing, for I will pass away, and so will my children and grandchildren. We will all live for a short time, but our Lord remains, and he is worthy to be honored, loved, and served by our descendants. May these notes encourage the coming generations to serve the Lord, to walk in his ways. I know that a message like this from an ancestor can be an influence to that end, and I hope that many of those who live after me will get to know him. Whom to know is eternal life. We are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. I am holding a pen in my hand. Its point is touching the paper and putting into words the thoughts I am expressing. This pen represents the generations which were before me. I have the privilege of being the tip that touches the paper, the one who speaks to my generation. But I am united with my ancestors, those who shaped my life and whose blood flows through my veins. Their lives were simple. They worked and prayed. They served God in the workshop, in the family, and in the church. Their homes, like the one behind my workshop, were small circles where God's light could shine. 
They are the pen of which I am the little tip running over the paper. One hand holds us all. It is the hand of the one whom David meant when he wrote that the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto children's of children, to such as keep his covenant and to those who remember his commandments to do them. Psalm 103, 17 and 18. How thankful I am for my courageous Christian grandfather, Garrett Tinboom, who lived at the time of Napoleon. He was a deacon in the church, a man of prayer, who suffered much from spiritual coldness in the church. The minister there preached such liberal ideas that he made the people's hair stand on end. Once Grandfather Garrett had to drive the minister to Harlem after the church service in Hempstead. Grandfather had struggled with a liberal message in the church that morning, which was bad enough, but when the minister suddenly said some appreciative words about Napoleon, Grandfather became very upset as they drove past the old houses and green gardens on either side of them. Grandfather took advantage of the long ride, and as the horse's hoofs kept time, he told the minister what he thought about his unfaithfulness to the Bible and the Prince of Orange, in which he had clearly demonstrated that morning. He showed the pastor the grave responsibility of putting his own philosophies above the word of God. The minister must have been impressed, because when they arrived in Harlem, he stepped down from the carriage and said, Well, Garrett, next Sunday I'll do better. If God grants you the time to do so, was my grandfather's reply. The minister died before the next Sunday arrived. The Bible was a main literature in my great-grandfather Garrett's house. Although a few other small books on Christian subjects were preserved among his belongings, the well-worn pages revealed the family's main interests. One book, a 32-page handwritten biography, Life of the Godly and Blessed, Peter Van der Valde, 1758, was laboriously copied by Garrett during the night between January the 31st and February the 1st, 1804. I think he had borrowed the booklet and wanted it for himself. Great-grandfather Garrett's life was one of those seeds which was to bear fruit later. His home was referred to as a house of prayer. Thirty years after his death, the church in Helmstead became the scene of a new revival. Garrett Tinboom's prayers and tears had not been in vain. The lessons of history often teach us patience. Wherefore, seeing we also are compressed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. That's all for now, and next time we'll be reading about William Tinbroom, 1816 to 1892. I love you, I'm praying for you, and bye-bye for now.